Welcome back, everybody, to a very special episode of Seaweed Brain, a Percy Jackson podcast, because today Carter and I are joined by none other than Aryan Samadri, who plays Grover on Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Spoilers through season one, episode seven of the TV show. Stick around. Hey, what's up? Hi, Aryan. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? We're good. I love your uh, your collection. Is that the UK cover of Chalice of the Gods? It is. My friend brought it back from London. <laughs> I, that's the one thing I wish I got when I was there because I love that cover so much. Oh, God. It's really pretty and it's got these like side, you know, Whoa, the painting. That's painting. So, yeah. <laughs> right? It's pretty cool. We were just so happy to talk to you because I know we mentioned this when we met at the Met one million years ago, but <laughs> Grover... We were like so like middling on Grover growing up. Like Grover wasn't our favorite character, but then seeing you step into this part completely changed that for us. And we are now total Grover stands. And even reading Chalice of the Gods, like we felt like your voice was so injected into the character. And we were wondering if you had a chance to read Chalice of the Gods yet, if it felt like reading a script to you. I I like just reread, I read it, Rick sent us like an early copy and this is like kind of a side tangent, but just like seeing the dedication to us is like freaks me out every time. Um, <laughs> like, I just, I, I actually just reread Chaz of the Gods because like after we finished the press tour and I, I don't know, I just wanted to give it another read. And yeah, I didn't realize how much, I guess the writing from the show kind of bled into this new book. I, it definitely felt a lot more like, I feel like I could see myself as that character, like, you know, 10 years down the line or whatever. Oh my gosh, yeah. Our favorite scene in Chalice of the Gods is when Percy is imagining his future and growing old together. And yeah, Grover and Grover, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the bench outside of Percy and Annabeth's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my okay, Carter, do you want to ask about that cut scene? Yes. There, there was like a lot of rumblings in the early days, I think, I feel, of the press tour before the show had come out about the Council of Cloven Elder scene. And we yeah. really oh, wanted to yeah. ask you... If you had anything else you could share about what was what was filmed, absolutely. I don't think I don't think I can't say anything about that. <laughs> yeah, it was this beautiful set. It was I think one of my favorite days of filming. Walker and Leah weren't there. I think Walker stopped by just to see kind of what was happening, and I think later that day we we might have filmed Leah's first scene but yeah it was just me that day and it was like really like fresh into filming like episode two and they built this like gorgeous set for us like this it was this tunnel coming out into the volume stage and it was like like adorned with these like three huge chairs and like a like a fire pit that was kind of glowing and and there was like a bunch of platforms that were built really high up where like a bunch of satyrs were dancing <laughs> like playing pan pipes oh, oh wow yeah it was wicked <laughs> and the entire scene i'm the only one talking and i'm talking to the three big like you know council of cloven elders and they're bleeding at me. <laughs> exactly. It's that. They were like so good at it. By the end of the day, I can tell what their lines like meant. Like, oh, he's bleeding this. Like, this is the intention behind it. Mm -hmm. I can tell. I can tell like which word was like what bleat or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was, I don't know. It was really cool to see people who like looked like me. You know, they had the mocap and like the ears and the horns yeah. on. Yeah. I, I went into the makeup trailer when they were getting all their stuff on and just seeing like their massive horns, like on these headbands. Mm -hmm. It was cool. It's like, I, that's yeah. like what I'll be doing in like, you know, seven, eight years now. Representation matters, you know? Exactly. 
<laughs> One of the questions that we like to ask our guests way back on the first season of our podcast when we were going through the original five books was, would you join Luke in taking down civilization? And so my question for you is, what would it take for Grover to join Luke on the Princess Andromeda? Like, what would have to happen? What would Luke have to offer to get you to get on that boat? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think if it was Percy or Annabeth, like being held hostage, or if they crossed mm. over, I think Grover would go um, mm -hmm. unwillingly to get them to come back. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just can't see him being a permanent resident among. I can't see him contributing to to Kronos coming back in any way. Because I think the more that I think, I, this is the idea that I toyed with, just kind of like when I was reading the books before the. Kronos yeah. mm -hmm. kind of, I guess, destroying. New York or destroying, you know, whatever the the Western civilization, it would give the natural world a chance to kind of creep back in. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I think Grover's very against some of the like abhorrent things that we've done to, you know, um, you know, again, like the, the natural, natural world. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. if Luke played his cards right, he could kind of frame it in that way. But unless Pan was with their cause, there's no way that Grover would you know, see fit to like yeah. rebuilding Kronos, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's so peaceful. He's so anti-violence. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think he yeah. could ever justify like wiping out the Greek pantheon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He sees too much value in yeah. everything inherently. Yeah. He's so pure. He's so pure. <laughs> I think he understands that they're bad people, but I think he also gets that they are kind of what's kind of holding everything together. Yeah, and he's so optimistic. Like, he yeah. probably believes in regenerative justice and, yeah. and everything like that. They can change. Carter, will you ask Arian our other question? <laughs> yeah, the other question that we, we like to ask people on this podcast is if you feel that Persebeth is the greatest love story ever told. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, what your thoughts are on the greatest love story ever told? <laughs> wow. Of all time? Like, of all time ever. Oh my God, what a, <laughs> an insane question. <laughs> it's definitely up there. I will say, I just watched Notting Hill with my parents for the first time. Oh, oh my gosh. Interesting. I'm, I'm not a big rom-com guy, but that and La La Land are two of my favorite movies of all time. Those are pretty pretty fantastic love stories. But I think Persebeth is definitely up there for because it's yeah. also a reflection of like, Rick and Becky's real life story. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And it's also like the perfect, I guess, like enemies to love. That's a, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right term for it, but yeah. yeah, there's so like, there's just so much development. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen any other series or, or film like compact that much growth between, and I guess, cause you know, it gets the freedom of being a book series. So it gets that mm -hmm. time to kind of play around with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm just such a natural easy development you know in the first yeah. book they're so antagonistic towards each other and i just reread the second book and mm. and the chariot races they definitely get a lot closer mm -hmm. and they share a very sweet moment i don't know yeah. it's just such a beautiful story so it's definitely up there for me definitely up there <laughs> i totally thought you were gonna mention orpheus and eurydice oh my god <laughs> I was, oh i'm so sorry <laughs> I, I, that was what I wanted to say. And then I started thinking about Notting Hill. And then I started thinking about Lala. I'm so sorry. No, it's sad though. Like that's a sad love story. It is it's sad. a sad song. That is my favorite Greek myth. Um, Hadestown is my favorite. I have like 
sound like clear vinyl right there. Oh. It's just such a beautiful, also because so many ways you can tell it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm also reading Song of Achilles right now. Okay, oh, Patroclus is a pretty intense, very um, Orpheus and Eurydice, like adjacent. Yeah. Story. Selena and Clarice, after all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of Hades Town, yeah. I feel like you mentioned to us that you had a dream role in Hades Town. And we were wondering if you'd like to pitch yourself to play your dream role <laughs> in Hades Town. Yeah. I think I'd be a pretty fantastic Hermes. Period. Um, I'll take anybody, honestly. I'll take Hades or Orpheus. <laughs> But I think I think the reason why I'm so drawn to Hermes is because of how well Andre de Shields portrayed him. Oh. I like I was mm -hmm. working on in New York for like a different project and it was like a kind of Broadway kind of thing. Trevor? Yeah, it was Trevor. And I started listening to a bunch of like musical soundtracks just because everyone was always talking about them on on set. And I wasn't a huge musical guy beforehand. And I stumbled on on Hades Sound and just I never got to see him live because when I saw him, there was an understudy and who mm -hmm. did just a good job, but just his voice and his like charisma and his like charm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where I want to get to in my career, where I just have that yeah. kind of on stage. Mm -hmm. And so that's um something that like that performance is something I look up to. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. We've been saying a lot as we talk about the episodes on our show that like the camera loves Arian. And so I feel like that, like you have that gravitational pull in you 100%. Thank you. Um, it's very sweet. <laughs> talking about musicals. Yeah. We asked around, we were like, does anybody have questions? I absolutely have to ask Arian. And everybody was like, please talk about the Lightning Thief musical. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite song or like a moment from the musical? I know I have a moment that I want to ask you about. Grover. There's, you know that song where it's like interrupted halfway and he's like talking to the, the squirrel, I think. Yes. Also, sorry, this is again, very off topic. George please. Salazar DM me and he was like, <gasps> I, that was my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like I, I love what you guys are doing with the show oh you're killing gosh. it keep killing it and wow. i was like god i'm such a big fan of the musical yeah also be more chill which um, what a legend yeah george Salazar. yeah michael in the bathroom <laughs> period such a legendary song but you know the bit where in the show where he's like i said hi to the squirrel you're gonna have to say hi to the squirrel too percy and both annabeth and grover are like Say hi to the squirrel, Percy. Um, that, <laughs> that was one of my favorite bits from the thing. It's also in, I think, I could be getting this wrong, but I think it's in the middle of one of my favorite songs where it's like, just keep going. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, drive? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, drive, yeah just drive. Yeah. yeah. That entire sequence is so... Like, that's just so representative of Grover. That's like a perfect thing. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that you've made contact with George Salazar because it is my current <laughs> dream to get you and George Salazar and Jarrell, who's our friend who played Grover after George, oh my to God. do a Tree on the Hill cover. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Which is the saddest song I've ever heard. That would be, uh, that would be wicked. I'd, I'd be <laughs> okay coming back to Grover and Percy's mm. relationship because you know we asked you about Percybeth we we believe you know Percybeth is great the way that the partnership has strengths and weaknesses that complement each other but what do you think are the strengths and weaknesses that complement each other in Percy and Grover's relationship yeah I think their romance is just as it burns <laughs> just as brightly as, as Percybeth's you know, Absolutely, no. speak on it. <laughs> yeah, especially when we were filming just that like month we got at Yancey Academy which mm. is also kind of what they use in the books to kind of establish their relationship right off the bat. Mm -hmm. That was so helpful to kind of develop like all that more, just an even more natural 
chemistry between me and Walker. Because I think after that section in the books and the show, they kind of hop right into their quest. And if they don't have that chemistry when they're on their quest, then it's kind of hard for them to get it afterwards, you know? Yeah. And so I think at Yancey Academy, there's also a bunch of like little details that I'm so glad were written into the <laughs> show, like him not wanting Percy to stand up to anybody. They, they were playing <laughs> mytho magic. And yeah. There's actually a whole sequence where we filmed just an improv sequence where I'm I'm kind of like playing the dungeon master and we just spent like a day <gasps> no on this. Way. And I, I have his journal. I think I got to keep his 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 mytho magic journal with all the drawings in it. Yeah. Segment uh -huh. where it's like like a whole quest written into the book. And so I just kind of read Walker through that and I would, you know, make up new stories every time. And it was really cool. Wow. And I think just the fact that we got to do that made the rest of the show so much easier. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think their their chemistry is incredible. Grover kind of keeps the quest together when Percy and Annabeth are kind of bickering in that first mm -hmm. scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he's kind of the soul of the, the group. Yeah, it, we thought it was so special to see Grover and Percy kind of end the quest together after mm -hmm. like yeah. the decision for Annabeth to leave and it was the two of them in the underworld alone. Oh, yeah, you guys saw episodes. Yeah, we've seen through the end. I should have prefaced with that. I haven't actually <laughs> seen episodes seven and eight. I saw like the <gasps> Luke fight and the Ares fight because me and Walker yeah. wanted to see those. <laughs> and we begged Dan to show us. I, I Yeah, I haven't good. seen like the full episode seven and eight. But, but yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. I'm honestly really, I, I kind of I really liked episode seven is one of my favorites. I really like that change that yeah. one of the pearls gets lost and Annabeth has to use hers to get out because mm -hmm. it just makes that decision all the more heart wrenching. Like they could have had the chance to yeah. mm. save his mom and they just couldn't cut it right away. Oh, wow. We have one last question for you, uh, yeah. which is that if Arian could say anything to Grover, what would it be? Like like book five Grover, like Chalice of the Gods Grover? You can choose. You can choose. <laughs> at what point in his journey you want to speak to him at? Oh, man. I think I would talk to book five Grover because mm -hmm. like right after he inherits that like title of Lord of the Wild because mm -hmm. he's like going through it in that book. He is like no one believes him and there's and Kronos is like messing everything up for him and like a bunch of like satyrs and like tree nymphs. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just tell him like it gets better. I'd, I'd probably tell him about like Percy's vision like you were talking about of like all of them growing old together because Grover like you know, you kind of forget it when they're fighting Hyperion, but he's he's having kind of a rough time, especially in book four. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, so I, I just tell him, I, I just kind of like tell him about Percy's kind of struggle with Garrus and like his like vision, I guess. Yeah. 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 Wow. Or I'd like ask him for recipes because he's kind of killed <laughs> in the kitchen in <laughs> House of the Gods. You need that enchiladas recipe. I need that. I, he's. I need to know where he gets his strawberries and where he, and like his spaghetti and enchilada recipes. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, wow. Perfect answer. Of course. Thank you for joining us, Arian. It's so of great course, to talk to you. Of course, thank you so much. That was a great interview. <laughs> We're so <laughs> proud of you and we appreciate you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for the fantastic questions. Thank you listeners for being here and make sure that you are following Seaweed Brain wherever you're listening and on social media so you can stay up to date for more episodes and more special guests to come. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.